0: Kia ora, welcome back to Flying the Fern, powered by New Zealand Stories, Fernmark Licence Programme and produced by Raw Collective. This series is all about telling the real-life stories of well-known New Zealand businesses that carry the official Fernmark logo. We dig into how they came about, the challenges they've overcome, and their contribution to the reputation New Zealand businesses have around the world. Kia ora, today's guest is Dr. Ron Tenenbaum, the Principal Founder and CEO of The Clinician. The Clinician is right at the forefront of a digital revolution that is a game changer for the healthcare industry. The company's healthcare platform, ZDoc, works to simplify digital patient intake and tracking, which ultimately makes healthcare more accessible, easier, and less labour-intensive. For example, patients can complete online health assessments on their phone and get non-urgent medical care without having to go into a clinic. Healthcare staff can access intake records for triaging and follow up on patients via a video call. The company is having some pretty remarkable success, having partnered with a range of healthcare providers in Australia and the US, as well as one of the world's biggest healthcare insurance plans in Israel. The work that's being done in this space has the potential to transform healthcare. And the clinician is right in the mix with world leaders. How they've got there and how they'll continue to stay there is a fascinating story. So, Ron, welcome. Thank you for coming. Now, Thank you for having me. If you were suggesting to a New Zealand visitor one thing they must do while they're here, what would it be?
1: Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Maybe I'll go by where I visited last, and that's the uh, Redwood Forest in uh, Rotorua, oh, uh, which really? I would definitely recommend, both for those that do hiking and, and for those that do mountain biking. Very good. Get out into the regions. Now, I notice you're not
0: wearing one of our ferns, so I'm just going to give you that there. Oh, thank Here you Here we very go. Much. Put that on <laughs> at your leisure. <laughs> thank you. And can you, while we're talking, just explain a little bit about what the clinician does. Like yes. What is your product?
1: Yeah. We're a digital health company, and what we do is we offer a system to health organizations to transform their health services to digital first. Now, we're not replacing conventional services, we're integrating with them. We're aiming to give our patients more accessibility, yeah. improve their outcome, and ultimately maintaining or even reducing the cost of care.
0: And this is a primary or secondary or you know, hospital-level care or GP care?
1: We started with uh, secondary care and now entertaining gp environment as well we actually veered into insurance companies and life science companies as well yes so quite a diversification yes <laughs> how
0: how does this differ from the normal manual system you know as a individual uh, as a healthcare you know consumer i'm used to navigating the system calling someone up booking an appointment waiting in the waiting room for hours
1: you know how does your system kind of change that Again, we're not very different. We integrate uh, with the traditional yep. systems where we extend the service from the hospital walls, from the clinic walls to community. And we're allowing those uh, services that can be digitalized to run on our platform. Right.
0: And what's the healthcare outcome and what's the benefit, I suppose,
1: to uh, customers? It really depends on who uh, you're looking at. So uh, let's start with a patient. Patients have better access. Uh, you are uh, improving the dialogue that they have with their clinicians. Sometimes in some of the projects, they can actually benchmark so they can compare their own outcomes with outcomes of similar, individual going through similar services. So
0: it's a great way for them to see how they're, you know, stacking up with their peers or colleagues.
1: Yes. Similarly, for health organizations, they can benchmark, for example, uh, different treatments. So they can actually look at a population level and yeah. uh, not just the individual and compare different treatments across the care continuum.
0: So I'm guessing because I've had the sense of calm and that you're in control and and you've got a doctor in front of your title that you are actually a clinician yourself. I I just feel like you're completely in control. (laughs) Oh, I can relax. You've got it (laughs) sorted. So how did you pivot from being a a clinical doctor into a technology company?
1: It was a bit unexpected. Uh, I was in the US attending to uh, my clinical work and I was invited by a friend, a colleague to come and listen to what was called at the time MedEx, that's a week of innovation in healthcare. And it was the first time that I heard about value-based healthcare right. and the dire straits, if you'd like, of the healthcare systems around the world. And I came out of that week and I decided to do something about it, and this is how I found the company. Fantastic.
0: And how do you then, I mean, what sort of doctor were you practicing in the was, past? I uh, was training in neurosurgery. Knee surgery,
1: neuro surgery, neurosurgery, not yes. knees. Heads,
0: no, no. okay, good. <laughs> Something wrong with mine, clearly. But move it again. That's quite a big shift to train from a neurologist or neurosurgery to technology. Did you? How did you approach that problem? Do you yeah. find people that can help you?
1: I, it didn't happen overnight. I contacted uh, friends of mine that were running startups, and they. Uh, gave Me a crash course on how to build a business plan right. and uh, what is a proof of concept looking like. And after a few months, um, we had the first building blocks, if you wow. like, of a startup. Yes, get
0: all the lingo, you know, yes. learn all about it. <laughs> yeah, minimum viable products and pivoting yes, exactly.
1: and all that sort of stuff. And what were the challenges for you when you had to bring this to life? The main challenges were bringing in a innovative solution to a very siloed industry. Yeah, so trying to convince. Uh, And it's not only clinicians, but it's the uh, hospital administration, uh, legislation and other to start using digital solution.
0: Because healthcare is kind of unique in that in other sectors, innovation can almost go unfettered. You know, if you've got an idea, you just go for it. In the health sector, you've got some very careful and, you know, quite rightly restrictions so that you have to navigate, you know, permissions and authorities and customer privacy issues and all sorts of things. So it's a whole
1: nother layer of complexity. How do you navigate that? Because I came from the hospital environment, I was looking at the solution that we were building as a solution that would fit in those uh, standardized and validated, if you like, best practices. So that was the easy part. What I didn't know was how long the procurement process is and how many layers are involved. In healthcare, there's a, a minimum of five, usually more like six or eight. Different layers uh, of, of, of people, procurement,
0: commission, procurement. Great. Oh my
1: gosh! And we ended up, uh, for example, in Singapore, doing what is called the bottom up and the top down. Uh, bottom up, talking to uh, clinicians like myself, wanting to shift to using the services, but also top down, speaking to the Ministry of Health to see where in their plans uh, will they fit a solution like ours. Right, and that's sort of a pincer movement. You're trying to
0: get both sides to agree so that you can speed up the sales process. Correct. Gosh, that I mean, this growing internationally like that is is a really difficult challenge. How do you partner with organisations? I suppose do you think about you know your implementation partners or other partners to
1: help you with that? Yes, yes. So in in Singapore, for example, we partnered with a local company that helped us understand the lay of the land. I would say that that sort of partnership saved us a good two years of trying to learn things ourselves, wow. and then we cookie cut that uh, model into other uh, markets that we operate in. Right. And how many markets are you you now (laughs) operating in? Can you remember them all? Depending who's listening right now, um, (laughs) about five, I would say five where we operate quite intensively, others we're just opening them up now.
0: And again, opening a new market means passing a whole lot of hurdles and, and being accepted into the healthcare system as a legitimate product, et cetera. So it's not just as easy as opening a sales branch.
1: It's not. It's not. But uh, I would like to give a big shout to NZT that helped us with every market that we opened up, uh, both in terms of uh, presenting us, introducing us to beachheads uh, from the market, offering us uh, facilities to have meetings in, uh, assisting us with BD and, and a lot more.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. Our colleagues there at NZT will be very happy with the shout out. Thank you. (laughs) How difficult is it, I suppose, to do the sell? So assuming you've got past the kind of uh, legislative requirements or the policy issues, now you're in actually talking to clinicians. Is there a reluctance sometimes to allow digital interventions or digital medicine or are they
1: pretty open to it? When we started back in 2015, I would say it was looking at an art. Everyone had their own ideas of what it is. Uh, Today, the industry is much more mature, particularly after the pandemic, and I'm sort of Announcing here that it's uh, finalized, it's not yet, but uh, they're a lot more mature and there's a lot more requests to services like ours. Right. Yeah. Suddenly digital healthcare became the norm, not the exception. It's a norm and there's some mandate as well. So some hospitals have mandated a certain ratio, if you'd like, of services to be delivered digitally. To relieve the pressure on the the front
0: side. Oh, that's interesting. So Ron, you took part in the Export Storyteller Workshops.
1: Can you tell me a little bit about what you got out of it? Yes, yes. First of all, I enjoyed participating in the workshop. What we got out, it wasn't just myself, it was the uh, team with me as well, was clarifying what are the four values of New Zealand companies and applying it to our own story. That really helped us to shape uh, the, the way that we are positioning ourselves, particularly outside New Zealand.
0: Did it make you think a bit more about what, how your brand shows up and who are your customers and, and that sort of thing?
1: Yes, it has shaped our, uh, the way that we position the product, particularly around uh, values such as caring for people, which is very applicable to what we do. The trust uh, that we portray, particularly with the uh, handling of patient data, those two were very important for us. And did you find the in-market research useful? Yes, yes. No, I particularly remember a few of the examples of how you can market the same thing using different terminologies, whether it is a, a beach holiday or a coastline holiday. Yep.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. different, different ways of saying basically the same thing. Correct. For different yes. purpose. Yes. Fantastic. At one point, I think you were framing as that you are selling to hospitals or clinicians, which is in your name. But now you're also thinking about
1: the end consumer. Yes, yes. To be transparent, we always thought about the end consumer. So patients are at the center of what we do. It is the way that we market. So instead of marketing, what are the core value propositions to hospitals, we now market what are the core value propositions to patients, or as we call them, individuals. Fantastic. And
0: how do you get on with the fact that you're a New Zealand business? This is a tech company from New Zealand growing into the world. Do companies and your customers find that interesting, intriguing, or
1: different? People love New Zealand companies. People love the Kiwi character. that comes across as uh, friendly, trustworthy, and knowledgeable. Yeah. Uh, yes, we do have some challenges in terms of our geographical position. It, it takes a long time to travel from New Zealand. But I would say the, the uh, benefits are, are like, the uh, challenges, if you'd like. Yeah. And you're a mark
0: company, so you use the mark. What do you get out of using that?
1: First of all, it's the validation that we're giving and how we're dealing with the patient data. A lot of countries are concerned of where this data is going to end up and what you're going to be doing with it, who has access to it. Coming from New Zealand, considering also the fact that the Privacy Act of New Zealand was the base for the Privacy Act in Singapore. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, you can sit comfortably and start the conversation post dealing with the privacy problems. They, they just s- trust you as a... They see
0: the firm, they know you're from New Zealand, they know, oh, actually, this is this is a country that we trust and people that we trust.
1: Correct. That's
0: fantastic. I didn't realize that. And do you think that New Zealand companies, particularly in the technology sector, do they have a good reputation
1: globally? They do. They do. There's some that comes to me in mind, like Xero, uh, uh, like Venn, that uh, have disrupted the industry and have very good uh, reputation. Yeah. And we're actually using Xero uh, that allowed us to transform the way that we receive all of our order forms yeah. into billing and, and the whole lot. So it saved us a lot of time. And we're very, very happy to using them.
0: Partner up with another good Kiwi yes. tech company. So what advice have
1: you got for other
0: technology businesses when they're traveling or moving internationally about you know, how they position their, their New Zealandness, as it were?
1: First of all, I, I would suggest that they prepare for a lot of travels. Yeah. <laughs> that takes a chunk of your time. Find local partners, build up uh, local teams that you trust. So when you do come and you do spend that very intense week of meetings, you have somebody to leave the uh, follow-up work when you leave. One more thing is, yes, a lot of, of the communication has moved online, but meeting uh, face-to-face is still of uh, very high value. Yeah,
0: and particularly in your industry, I imagine, where it's all about the trust. Correct. Fantastic. What's next for the clinician? we are taking this thing? Because it's <laughs> you're obviously having a lot of fun. You're smiling the entire interview. You must be having a lot yeah. of fun
1: with this business. <laughs> so. Because of my frustration with the long procurement processes, uh, we decided to redesign how we're offering the service. Yeah. So we're packaging a lot of our, uh, what is called digital care pathways, and we're going to be offering them off the shelf, ready for health organizations to consume them without actually meeting us. So moving a bit uh-huh. into the uh, full SaaS model.
0: Ah, so it, taking yourselves out a little bit of the sales rhythm and allowing people to purchase individually. Correct. More bite-sized chunks, I suppose. Yes, and being able to access more markets while we're here in New Zealand. Ah, that sounds very clever. I look forward to seeing the success of the company as it grows over time. My final questions for you. If you think ahead in the future of healthcare, not just what you're doing, what, what do you see are the big trends that are happening that we consumers or patients you know, need to think about?
1: Yep. Uh, I think you mentioned the two keywords, uh, patients and consumers. So it's yeah. going to be a lot more consumer driven. And we're already seeing the shift in it, and digital health is, is an enabler of that. 10 years from now, uh, the patient is going to be sitting right in the center of their own care. And what I'm saying right in the centre, taking a lot of responsibility and managing their own care as opposed to relying only on the providers. Wow. Bring it on, I say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you, Ron. It's very nice to have you. Thank you for flying the third.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much for listening. This podcast series is all about highlighting the amazing work New Zealand companies are doing in a variety of sectors and spaces. If you like this episode, there's plenty more great stories from Flying the Fern podcast that you can listen to. Just go ahead and check them out where you found this one. We're also highlighting the Fernmark Licence Program, which we talked about during the episode. The Fernmark is our national symbol and a country of origin, Mark, that helps Kiwi businesses promote trust, authenticity and credibility by leveraging the good reputation that New Zealand has overseas. To find out more or to apply to be part of the program, head to our website, fernmark.nzstory.govt.nz. And lastly, please rate, review and subscribe. It helps others find us. Haide it rā for now.